then open us up in prayer. I'm going to share a, a scripture that's been um, ministering to me in the last few weeks that we wasn't in service. Um, and it's from John twelve thirty six, and it's put your trust in the lo- the light while you have it so that you may become sons of light. And then along with the, the scripture, I, I wrote a prayer. It, I wrote, um, Light of the world, may you shine today in dark places or over the earth. May broken people hurt and dis- disappointed respond to you, your loving touch. And my, may Christians become true children of light as you brighten your heart, their hearts and enlighten those around them. I present to you the parts of my life that are shattered. Shine, Jesus, shine. Your unfailing love has overwhelmed me with such peace of nothing broken, nothing missing. The true essence of freedom from all condemnation that so easily entangled me. The sin of my flesh only knows to die and to live with truth of the Holy Spirit shine brighter within me so I can be of great uses to Bring forward your beloved one to show an example of an honorable testimony. Lord, Father, be my knight and shining armor. There is none other that can compare to your your greater dear Lord. Be, be my lead and I'll be your humble tent servant. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, um... We come to you today in just in complete peace and complete acknowledgement that you, Lord, are always present. You never abandon us, never forsaken us. You are unconditional love, Father God, and we thank you so much. And we just thank you. Thank you for just loving us, for carrying us through every single situation we face. And... May this day, this day, this message be in your glory. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Stay with you forever. 
Arm in arm we'll walk together You will never let me go I can't live my life without you My whole will to live is for you You've awakened me to know
Oh 
that each of us can make today, God. No matter what we're facing, no matter what's ahead of us, God, we know, God, that your faithful love endures forever. I love that line, Lord, where it says, as sure as the rivers reach the sea, as sure as the sun rises in the east, God, your faithful. We can be certain of. Your word says that you are for us and not against us. That you first loved us. God, there's nothing in this temporal world that we can find any security in. No matter how hard we search, we always end up empty. But God, when we put our hope in you, Father, that security, that, that freedom, that, the guidance, the understanding, the wisdom that is given to us, Lord. That we may be people called your people, as we call you our God. And so today, Father, may we find it to be well with our soul. 
and we would not be downcast or overtaken, that we can stand to the certainty, God. The battle is yours. And your word says, after we've done all we know to do, then we are just to stand, and stand firm then, to be still and to know that you are God. And for that, God, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're supposed to be going to Mark chapter 10, but today we're going to John chapter 14. So y'all get prepared, go to John 14, but I wanted to share something with you that, um, if you know Aurelis, um, she emailed me, and um, she shared something with me that I wanted to share with all of you. It's been an interesting couple weeks for me, and um, I love it just how God doesn't leave us alone, you no matter what's pressing up against us, no matter what is happening around us, no matter what's going on inside of us, no matter what we're enduring, like He's there. And I know sometimes the, the flesh loves nothing but to blame God and to, you know, be angry at God and, you know, challenge God and all that stuff. But truth is, is that word to call to trust God. To trust Him. To know for sure that He's God. Especially if you're a Christian today. If you're sitting here and you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are a child of God. You have put your faith and your hope in Christ, in Christ alone. It's nothing of you that can bring about anything good that's pleasing to God. No, it's all because of what Jesus has done. And so I just want to share this encouragement that I received <clears throat> last week. It says, good morning, Pastor. I hope you're well this morning. I've been wanting to email you for some time. I just want to share some things that I'm sensing in the Spirit as I pray for you and for the ministry. I feel as if God, I'm sorry, I feel as if the God, I'm sorry, I feel as if God is getting ready to bring the ministry into a new season. I'm sure when you started True Freedom Fellowship, God had given you a vision that may not come to flourishing as of yet, but be encouraged today, Pastor. We know that God is sovereign, and if we are his servants, we give him permission to do what he pleases. When Job was tested, Satan wasn't even inquiring about him. It was God who brought him up. When I understood, or what I understood from this passage is, Job was touched in two very significant ways. His wealth and his health. But God knew that Job's love for him was not based on what he had, or even his own life. He knew that Job was going to pass the test for the simple fact he knew Job loved him. And he loved him. 
then you would honor him and bring glory to him and not forsake God because of some physical circumstances. I don't know what God has in store for you, Pastor, but the word of the Lord says that he has a plan and a purpose for each of us. And that plan is not only for our good, but greater than that is to advance his kingdom. I am excited for True Freedom Fellowship. For God is getting ready to do great things with the ministry. My spirit is filled with great joy when I pray for you all. My prayer today is that anything that you and Gilda have taken responsibility for that it was never meant to be, that they be lifted off and in order that the work of the Lord no longer be hindered. May he open your eyes to the vision he has for True Freedom Fellowship. We continue to speak the word of, the he- of, of healing to every affected area of your body. Because his word says that by his stripes we are healed. And so it shall be for you. In the name of Jesus, that is the most powerful name in all the earth. Love you all, Aurelis. And after reading that, I started thinking, meditating and praying, and realizing the season that I've been in, but that we've been in. And then just these past two weeks, it's just been one thing after another after another in the lives of people that I care for. Or even people that I don't know, but people that I care for know. And, they, and they've heard, you know, tragic sufferings or circumstances or things just going out of control. And then you can see, you can look at the craziness that's going on in the world. And if you really give thought, could to all of that, it can actually overwhelm you. <laughs> you kind of feel like, oh God, you know, what's going on? And then I'm driving up to see my dad, who is not doing well. And then I sit for a few days with my father, and I'm looking at him, and I see the declining of his health, and just the lack of desire to live. I'm just like, wow. It's always interesting when I go up there because I just start remembering so much. And then I look at who I am today and I just go, wow, God, it is well with my soul. Like, God, only you can bring about what you have brought about in my life. Because then of myself, all the pain and the hurt and the, and the loneliness and everything else would still be defining me. But, but God, there's hope. Each day I can awake with hope. Each day you can awake with hope. And then Debbie, you emailed the other day. You don't know how much that really ministered to me. Short little email. But it was confirming what God has been doing these two weeks. She encourages me, you know, of just being able to give hope to others. You see, that's what we're called to do, you Don't get so caught up in what's going around you. I love the fact, as Aurelius pointed out, that God knew that Job loved you. Try him as you may. He loves me. Oh, may that be said about us. Try them as you may. But they love me. 
You see, we have learned over and over and over again, and I'm going to continue, continue to bring it before us. You see, God's plan and purpose before the earth was laid is that there would be a people who would love Him. And that they would be called His people. And that He would be called their God. You see, when you came to Jesus, you recognized your need for a Savior. You recognized that there's nothing else, there's nothing in this temporal world that could satisfy you. You've tried. But where did it leave you? Where does it leave us? Lonely, hurt, rejected, isolated, I mean, you name it. We're all, we're all born into Samuel. That rebellious nature. Listen, and I were talking yesterday, and I've been reminded over these two weeks as I was reflecting on Mark chapter 9 and the message there. There was something I said as I was preaching that when I heard it, when I re- went back to listen to it, I was like, oh, wow. You know, that rebellion is set out to destroy love. And I've been thinking about that because we've been talking about his great love. Like the cross had to take place so that love would be displayed to all creation. Like there's no greater love being displayed to you than the cross. What Jesus came to accomplish to reconcile people back to God. That you are now at peace with God. That you're no longer in this rebellion living against Him. No, that through Christ you are reconciled with God. That's the greatest treasure you can ever find. That peace that comes from a relationship with Jesus. That peace of of awakening each day, not knowing what is before me. I don't know what this day will bring, as that song said earlier. But what I do know is your faithfulness. I was thinking, I don't know if you remember, but years ago, you were going through a season. (laughs) And I said to you, if, you're, if this never changes, if things do not get better, He's still God. So many times we want to fix everything for people. Listen, your lives may not get better. And I know you say, what? This is church. Give me a message that's going to make everything happy for me. I can't do that. Because Jesus Himself said, in this world you will have trouble. And one of trouble never stops. He's still God. He's still God. I'm not going to peddle the word for you just so you can get a little tickled fancy like, oh, and go out and let that carry you for a day or two and then when life hits you, you automatically give up on God. No, He's still God. If your circumstances never change, can you love Him? Can you love Him? Or are you just looking at Him just to fix your temporalness in this life? Ah, remember what we've been learning about the disciples. Remember what we've been learning about the religious people, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They longed for the Messiah. They longed for a Savior. But what they wanted was Him to fix the temporalness of life. Free us from the Romans. Make us a great nation. 
deliver us. They wanted the temporalness of life fixed. But when Jesus showed up and he started teaching and showing them that it's much more than just the temporalness of life, the kingdom in which I'm establishing is a spiritual kingdom. It's an eternal kingdom. Oh, they want no part of that. They were rejecting the very one they were waiting for. But are we any different? When the storms of life come beat up against us, are we quick to enter into despair, depression, to be overwhelmed, to sin, to things, to numb us, to make us just forget things, just kind of coast through this life? You see, as a Christian, we've understood that coming to Christ, that in Christ, we are now whole. Nothing missing, nothing broken. You're not making decisions out of the old identity, out of brokenness. No, you're learning and you're maturing and you're growing as you're being discipled and learning more about Christ and what it is to be a Christian, you're learning to start making decisions out of wholeness, out of Christ, as the Spirit of God is leading you and convicting you. You make a decision out of brokenness, the Spirit of God is going to be quick to bring conviction. And when you feel that conviction, you ought to turn and repent. Don't make excuses. No, turn and repent. And say, I do not want to continue... Because we were talking about yesterday in that image Melissa kept has stayed with me since, like these two rivers. You can either drink from the river of bitterness and destruction, or you can drink from the river of life. The Bible says that set before you each and every single day is life and death. Choose life. Choose how you're going to live today. Don't be influenced by your past, your brokenness, and everyone else that's a part of that. No. Choose today to live out of Christ, His wholeness, such great love. Because as Christians, we carry that now out into the broken world. We are now a reflection of His love. We are now compelled to go out there in the darkness and be light, as you opened up with today. Children of light. So that others can know that there's a way out. Don't settle for the temporalness of life. You see, the flesh, the world, Satan wants nothing more than to consume us with the temporalness to define us. But no. If Christ is for us, then who can be against us? His cross, his death on the cross, and his resurrection defeated sin and death. And we ought to start seeing with eyes that He gives us to see with, that our eyes are open, no longer blinded, that we can see the victory in what He has accomplished. And as He publicly shamed the enemy, and that we recognize the flesh, love nothing more than to die. And we've talked about it over and over and over here. 
I mean, even the little kids, now they're all grown up, but they even know. What does the flesh know to do? And they'll tell you, die. You all die, and yet what do we do each and every single day? The flesh presents this to itself to us, and are you choosing to go that way? Are you choosing to really think that you're going to find satisfaction, wholeness, healing, some type of worth in what the flesh wants to offer you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do it. I do it. We choose to say in that moment, God, you're not enough. God, if you would have only done this, or God, if you would only do this, says, if you would only be still, if you would only wait patiently, don't give in. Don't give up. I'm working things out. See, I will work things out for the good. But if you choose to go your way, if you choose to rebel against me, that's your choice. I can't force you to love me. That's what I love about this relationship with God. It's not forced. I went to the beach last or last Monday, I guess. And it was the beach that it's where the Lord found me. It was the beach where my mind was so consumed with, you know, God, do I really want to lay my life down? Who am I going to be? How am I going to live now? Am I really going to walk away from all of this? For what? For who? I don't even see you. I don't even know you. But somehow I feel you. And I was, as I was walking alone on this beach that for many nights and many days and many hours, I did so many walks on. Questioning. Like, oh God, who will I become? How will I live? And as I was walking at this time, I'm like, man, God, this is amazing. It's amazing. The work that you do in us, that we can look back and, and we can see all that he has done. And yet the same questions that I was asking way back then were the same questions I was walking this time. Rob, do you trust me? Even in the midst of your pain, do you trust me? Oh God, but all I know is this pain. But Rob, do you trust me? Will you give it to me? Okay, God. He was bringing the the people in my heart and, you know, the people I've been praying for and, you know, seeing just a lot of stuff going on. He's like, do you trust me? Don't get to a place, Rob, where there's no hope. Careful. When you get to a place where there's no hope. Because as soon as you have no hope, rebellion, to do. It wants to destroy love. Rebellion. You begin, we all know. You all know your flesh. (laughs) We all know 
what we're capable of doing. The pain that we can cause others. The manipulation, the lies. Trying to work things out with our own hands. Hurt others. You see, when you start living a life with no hope, all you have is rebellion. Because when there's no hope, you, begin, you become very anxious. When you have no hope, you begin to search everywhere just to find some sense of security. I belong somewhere. And you'll take anything and everything that's offered to you. Oh. But don't lose hope, you all. Trust in Him. You see, this walk, this life, is a life that is totally dependent upon Him. We've talked about that. The Word of God continually talks about this. From Genesis all the way through Revelation, it's this incredible love story. And you see God's people loving Him, loving him at one moment and then next moment without hope and in rebellion. Loving Him, <coughs> next moment, Rebellion. And we were talking, Melissa and I were talking yesterday about the prophets, and I sometimes when I think and I read through the prophets, and I, and I go, these men were raised up <coughs> to carry a message to God's people <coughs> in the midst of complete rebellion. And not only that, God tells them to go, and then also God tells them they're not going to listen to you. <laughs> what kind of craziness is that? But they went. And we see that. Even after the church's birth, even as the disciples and the apostles are moving through towns, there will be those who will receive, there will be those who won't. And we even see it in our own generation. We go out, we talk about the love of God, we share the gospel with others. There will be those who will receive and there will be those who won't. Because it's foolishness to them. Foolishness to them. It makes no sense to an unbeliever what you're talking about. That's why you must not only talk it, you must live it. Let them see the gospel, the truth, the life reflected out of your life. Let them see Jesus in you. How you're living. Not perfect. God, no one's asking a Christian to be perfect. Stumble, fall. But get up. Don't be defined by all of that. Get up. Let them see hope restored. Let them see hope renewed. Let them see God. Let them see your relationship with Him. It's the greatest love story, you all. His faithfulness. His love that endures forever. And that's why at the end of your life, when you stand before him, either he's going to know you, or he's not. And those words that's captured in scripture of Jesus saying, depart from me, I never knew you. You're a worker of iniquity. You're a worker of rebellion. You chose your way, 
You chose not to love me. I don't know you. It's your choice. Isn't that crazy? Your choice. My choice. To love him or not. To come and receive the fullness of life that he willingly gives. He doesn't hold back. He keeps nothing from us. He willingly gives. He leads us along the path of righteousness for his name's sake. He gives us everything we need to live a godly life. It's your choice. Choose this day whom you will serve. What's mastering you is he should be the Lord of your life. Like Jesus. King of kings and the Lord of lords. God himself in flesh came to reconcile this created creation, men and women unto himself for eternity in his kingdom. Jesus, you all. And so these scriptures that we're going through today, these are scriptures I wanted to share with you. And it's probably not the first time I have shared with them with you all. But I want you to remember these, these chapters because they give such great hope. Because they really give a fullness of who Christ is. So let's go <clears throat> to John chapter 14. Jesus' words. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Is your heart troubled this morning? If it is, sit with Him. Learn to abide in Christ. Begin to develop these spiritual disciplines in your life. You already know which way you would go. Learn of His way now. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Look at this. What's the answer? Trust in God. And trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you, so that you will always be with me where I am, and you know the way to where I am going. No, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea when you, when you, where you are going. So how can we know the way? And then Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. This truth that's laid before us, you all. I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Jesus' words. There's no other way to get to God. No matter how man wants to continue to create these other religions out there. No matter what is presented to you. The only way to God is through Jesus. 
Jesus. He himself says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. <laughs> and Jesus replied, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Wow. See, don't rush through Scripture, y'all. Sit up there for a minute. It says, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Rob, have I been with you all this time, through all these years, through everything that you faced, and you still don't know who I am? Oh, I didn't know who you are. What am I doing here? With a defeated mindset, with discouragement, with this, with that, like, oh, wait a minute, I do know who you are. It begins to shift your thinking. It begins to encourage your faith. You begin to fan the flame. You begin to remember how great He is. And if you did it then, God, you'll do it now. God, you are faithful. And before you know, you've done preached yourself happy. You've done turned everything around for, 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 for the outcome to be trusted with God. And go about my day now. I don't have to remain discouraged. I don't have to remain this. I don't have to go looking for that. I don't have to do... No, but oh God. You can rise up. And you can walk differently. You can live differently. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am the Father? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I am in the Father and the Father is in me. The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does His work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works, because I am going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it, so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Wow. Greater works you will do. Ask anything in my name and I'll do it. Oh, but let's not turn that into just a come, bless me, Lord, bless me, Lord, bless me, Lord, do for me, Lord, do for me, Lord. I'm going to slap Jesus' name on it. Ah, oh, come on. Listen, he wants to bless his people. Yes, he wants to prosper his people. But as he blesses and prospers his people, he walks us through some very trying times. He allows us to endure trials because they have to come because that's what develops us, our faith. That's what grows us. That's what's allow our roots to grow down deep. Trust in Him. We can learn to abide in Him. And we know that as we ask and as we seek and as we knock, it shall be given. 
But again, it's not a selfish motive. It's not out of the, the brokenness of life. Because when we truly understand the newness of life and the wholeness of life, <coughs> our asking is quite different than when we're broken. Our will begins to start lining up with His will. Our prayer life becomes and matures and grows. And we're allowing ourselves to mature. We're allowing ourselves to seek Him. We're allowing ourselves to be used of Him as we're out and about into the broken, darkened world. See, you have to grow. You have to mature. That's why Paul is always constantly bringing, getting on to the church about them growing up. You ought to be teachers by now, but you're still infants. <laughs> You're still laying the elementary foundations over and over and over. Like, yeah, come on. Grow up. Mature. Allow the fullness and the richness of Christ and the Holy Spirit as He, as he is within us to, to bring forth. An understanding of truly of what Scripture is saying. And then we're not twisting it to, to try to satisfy us. We're twisted to make God work for us. You see, no. We just trust Him. If you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you also will live. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. These are Jesus' words, you all. See, our hope as believers is that He's returning. Like each and every day while there's life in our bodies, we are preparing for His return. That's why we're motivated to get out there and let others know about Christ. To live our lives preparing the way for His return. You've heard me say over and over, yes, it's nice to celebrate His birth and celebrate His resurrection. But that shouldn't just be one time a year. That should be every day. Reflecting on his birth, reflecting on his resurrection, and reflecting on his soon return. And we know that before he returns, that this world is going to grow darker. The love of many is going to grow cold. People are going to become so much more self-absorbed. The level of perversion, the level of murder, the level of just chaos is going to rise up quickly. Oh, but the church is not to be scared of that. The church isn't to respond in hatred towards that. No, it should challenge the church to respond with ever-increasing love. 
Because just as it's getting crazy out there, the church should be burning even more brighter. We're not to run and flee. We're not to just give up. We're not just to get mad at them and point fingers at them and curse them. No, we're to be out there loving. We're to be out there serving. We're to, we're, we're, we are to recognize the signs of the time. He said, there's work to be done. There's work to be done. That's why I always challenge you all. How's your service? How are you doing out there? Because if you're not doing, then I'm not sure what you have. <laughs> I really don't. Like, how are you serving others? How are you loving others? How are you being the light out there? Jesus, his words. Obey my commandments. If you love me. See, it all comes back to love. <laughs> it all comes back to love. You're either loving or you're rebelling. <laughs> How are you loving? If you love me, he says, obey me. Judas, not Judas Iscariot, but the other disciple with that name said to him, Lord, why are you going to reveal yourself only to us and not to the world at large? And Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My father will love them. And we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me, I'm sorry, anyone who doesn't love me will not obey. And remember my words are not my own. What I'm telling you is from the Father who sent me. I am telling you these things now while I am still with you. But then the Father sends the Advocate as my representative. That is the Holy Spirit. He will teach you everything and you will remain, I'm sorry, and will remain, remind you of everything I have told you. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is the, I'm sorry, the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Remember what I told you, I'm going away, but I will come back to you again. If you really loved me, you would be happy that I'm going to the Father who is greater than I am. I told you these things before they happen, so that when they do happen, you will believe. I don't have much time to talk to you, because the ruler of this world approaches. He has no power over me. He's talking about Satan there. But I will do what the Father requires of me, so that the world will know, look at this, that I, that I love the Father. Come, let's be going. The Holy Spirit is given to us. That's why this life, you are born again, you all. If you've given your life to Jesus, you have been born again. Not of that same rebellious flesh nature, but of a new nature. That's why you must learn what this new nature is. That's why Paul looks at the church and he says, What are you doing trying to live out in the flesh what you received in the Spirit? It can't be done. This is a walk. It's a Spirit-filled walk. It's a walk learning, growing, maturing, and understanding what it means to be led by the Spirit of God. Depend upon the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit, He gives us everything we need. The understanding, the wisdom, the comfort. He teaches us. He leads us into truth. He brings conviction of sin in our lives. Don't go that way. You went that way, repent. Turn from it. It's going to destroy you. He doesn't force us. Conviction. 
not only to confess, but to repent. Like, I can tell no more all day all the sin that's in my life. But if I don't repent, what good is it? I can tell God, God, I really feel bad for this, and God, I really feel bad for that. But if I don't repent of it, what good does that do? A repentance, a turning away from. You see, you understand that rebellious nature, sin, when it gives birth, and now we're, now we're in sin, that it leads to destruction. Its desire is to just separate you from God. And that's why we can't treat it so lightly. That's why we can't just make excuses for it. No, we have to recognize what it is. See what it's doing. And then throw it off. I love when scripture says that. Throw off the sin that so easily entangles you. You know what easily entangles you. Your addictions. Your bad attitudes. I mean, you name it. You know what it is. Stop making excuses. Oh, it's just too hard. No, it's hard because in and of yourself, you can never do it. (laughs) But when you truly learn to lay it down, when you truly learn to, to put it aside and say, no, I see what it is. God, I repent. I turn to you, Christ. Jesus, teach me. Holy Spirit, show me which way now I should walk. How do I handle the faults and and the pattern of thinking that has been established in my mind through my rebellious ways? Well, your word says that my mind is to be renewed and I'm to take every thought captive and bring it to the obedience of your lordship. There is in which way I should live so that I can experience the fullness of wholeness and peace. Oh, the joy of the Lord, my strength. He is my shield. He is my rock. He is my, he is my deliverer. He is my hope. Like you begin just to, to encourage yourself. See, if you're not applying the word of God, you're just a hearer. And it amounts to nothing. It's the application. begins to mature your love for him. Because the more you seek him, the more you'll find him if you seek him with your whole heart. A heart that is towards him. A heart that loves him. He says here, chapter 15, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so that they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by my message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, this is Jesus speaking. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Some branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. 
I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. And I love this. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. Look at this. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I have appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command. Love each other. Love each other. All comes back to love. All comes back to love. Grow. Mature. Produce more fruit. Allow the Holy Spirit to grow you, to mature you, so your life is producing fruit for the kingdom of God. Listen, I was reflecting on the, the book of Acts. And I was reflecting on what we see the disciples and the apostles do. And I was looking through, all the way through the book of Jude, and I was looking at how these men lived their lives, what they asked for. I don't know if you've ever done that. But I would challenge you. Go look how they ministered and what they asked for. They didn't ask a lot for themselves. They asked more for the things of the kingdom of God. For the growth of the church. For provision to be given to the poor, to the needy. They went out and they proclaimed this message of the kingdom of God. And yet, they lost their lives for it. They were beaten. They were all martyred for their faith. When there was such a move of God and, and people were coming to Christ, there was such great persecution. And it was only accomplished because they remained in Him. And in this generation, the same will be said for us. We will be able to accomplish the works in which He has purposed for us as we have remained and abide in Christ. As we seek Him, diligently seek Him to open up our eyes. Give us the wisdom. Give us the understanding. Give us the guidance, Holy Spirit, as we live in this generation. How are we to serve? How are we to pray effectively that your kingdom will come? That it will be established? How will we see others come to know you? How can we be effective harvesters in the great harvest? How can I get so Stop being so consumed with me and myself and I and start being consumed with you as I'm out and about in my day. As I'm going through the stores, as I'm walking through school, as I'm going to work, as I'm driving. Just how can I be attentive, Lord, to your leading? How can I be an expression of your love 
to someone who's unloving to me instead of demanding my rights that you treat me with respect. You see, when I sit and I think about Jesus, how he went to the cross, how he was beaten, and his flesh was ripped from his body, and when the word of God says he said not a word, and yet I want to be quick to demand my rights. Oh God, no. Teach me, Lord, to walk as you walk. Teach me to learn to keep my mouth shut. Let them see you in me. Teach me to serve and to love. My life is not my own. And if I'm taken from this world, oh God, this world was never my home. So it's okay. It is well with my soul. Now, come on, we got to wake up, church. We got to recognize the fullness of who the one in whom we are saying we believe in. Listen to his words. Listen to what he's saying here. If the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it, but you are no longer part of the world. I love this. I chose you to come out of the world so it hates you. Remember that one scripture we talked about? How we nailed our desires to the cross? That we no longer have an interest in the things of the world and the world no longer has an interest in us? See, the world, ungodly people are going to hate you. Especially as the times continue to his return, things start getting crazy. They're going to hate Christians. They're going to hate the message of Christ. You can even see it happening in our generation today, quickly. It's not gradually happening like it had through years. No, things, darkness is boom, boom, boom. I mean, it's here right before you. And you stand up, and you speak. In fact, there was a senator who spoke this week. A senator in our government said that we ought to start, to the government, we ought to start looking as Christians and treating them as terrorists. What? And when he was questioned on why he was speaking that, he said out of his mouth, because of their message. It's of hate. It brings division. Are we kidding ourselves? Jesus himself said, what do you think? I came here to bring peace? No, Jesus says, I came to divide. There will be those who will be for me and there will be those who will be against me. But we will be labeled radicals, terrorists, there will come a time where Christians in our country, it's already happening in, over, in other countries, do you realize the generation that you're living in, that Christians overseas are being slaughtered, and our news isn't even reporting it? Thousands of Christians are dying for their faith. All because of Jesus. 
They didn't go blow up anybody. They're not starting any riots. They're not doing anything but just loving others. And they're hated for it. And they're being beheaded, stoned, stripped of all their possessions. Remember what I said earlier? If it gets harder and nothing changes, do you still love him? Like, when you go and you're a Christian today, rather you're young or rather you're older, and you're just living your life out there, and you're not giving in to the things that everyone else is giving into, and they look at you and they mock you, they laugh at you, they pressure you, don't give in. Remain strong. Love them. Don't be angry. Don't fight back with them. Just ask God how you can love them even more, how you can serve them even more. Listen, the message of love is going to be distorted. And they're going to call it hate. And look what Jesus says here. If the world hates you, remember, it hated me first. For God's sake, they crucified him. They wanted him done away with. And his message was just of hope, peace, and love. Do you remember what I told you? A slave is not greater than the master. Since they persecuted me, naturally they will persecute you. And if they had listened to me, they would listen to you. They will do all of this to you because of me. For they have rejected the one who sent me. They would not be guilty if I had not come and spoken to them. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Anyone who hates me also hates my father. If I hadn't done such miraculous signs among them that no one else could do, they would not be guilty. But as it is, they have seen everything I did, yet they still hate me and my father. This fulfills what is written in their scriptures. They hated me without cause. But I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth. He will come to you from the father and will testify all about me. You must also testify about me because you have been with me from the beginning of my ministry. I have told you these things so that you won't abandon the faith or your faith. You know, if you read all through scripture, especially as you're going up to the book of Revelation, we're constantly encouraged not to abandon the faith. The Bible says in the last days there will be those who will turn from the faith and begin to follow the doctrines, the teachings of demons. Don't turn from your faith. Don't turn from Christ. Don't give up. Don't grow weary. Keep doing good. Keep persevering. Don't go back being rebellious. Remain in love. He says, I'm telling you all of this so that you would not abandon your faith. And I love how he begins to explain, not only to them, but to us. For you will be expelled from synagogues, and the time is coming when those who kill you will think they are doing a holy service for God. This is because they have never known the Father or me. Yes, I am telling you these things now so that when they happen, you will remember my warning. I didn't tell you early because I was going to be with you for a little while longer. But now I'm going away to the one who sent me. 
And not one of you has asked where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away, because I do, if, if I don't, the Advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And he comes, and when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin, and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father, and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. There's so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own, but He will tell you what He has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring glory by telling you whatever He receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever He receives from me. There's a lot of people running around saying they got a word from the Lord. That the Spirit spoke to them. And that prophecy or whatever they speak out of their mouth doesn't even line up with God's truth. Careful who you're listening to. The Holy Spirit will never deter off what Jesus' teachings are. Never will. But yet we're seeing that a lot today. Because we've all been enlightened. See, the Spirit of God has spoken as if God is going to rewrite what He's already established. Oh, you got to know the Word, you all, or you're going to be led astray. you got to know the Word. you got to know Jesus. you got to allow the Holy Spirit to, to lead you, to guide you. But He will never lead you from what Jesus has already established. Ah, such great hope there. In a little while, you won't see me anymore. But a little while after that, you will see me again. Some of the disciples asked each other, What does he mean when he says, In a little while you won't see me, but then you will see me, and I'm going to be with the Father. And what does he mean by a little while? We don't understand. And Jesus realized they wanted to ask him about it. And so he said, Are you asking yourselves what I meant? I said in a little while you won't see me, but a little while after that you will see me again. I tell you the truth, you will weep and mourn over what is going to happen to me. But the world will rejoice. You will grieve, but your grief will suddenly turn to a wonderful joy. It will be like a woman suffering the pains of labor. When a child is born, her anguish gives way to joy because she has brought a new baby into the world. So you, so you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. Then you will rejoice, and no one can rob you of that joy. The joy, the hope in a resurrected Christ. He's defeated sin and death. The joy that we have because of what He has accomplished. That we can no longer, we no longer have to be a slave to sin. We no longer have to be just in a complete rebellious state of mind. God, you are peace. Peace, you all. Nothing missing, nothing broken. You can live a life like that. No one else can offer you that. Only Christ, even in the midst of chaos, only Christ can give you the peace that surpasses all understanding. It will not make sense to those who are not Christ's followers. But those who follow Christ understand what is offered. Oh, such great joy. 
At that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth, you will ask the Father directly, and He will grant your request because you use my name. You haven't done this before. Asking using my name, and you will receive, and you will have abundant joy. I have spoken of these matters in figures of speech, but soon I will stop speaking figuratively and will tell you plainly all about the Father. Then you will ask in my name. I'm not saying I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you dearly because you love me and believe that I came from God. Yes, I came from the Father into the world, and now I will leave the world and return to the Father. Then his disciples said, At last you are speaking plainly and not figuratively. Now we understand that you know everything and there's no need to question you. From this we believe that you came from God. Do you believe that he came from God? That Jesus is the Son of God? You see, that belief can't be taught to you. No, God reveals it to you. So Paul can say, this message in which I preach, it's not because it was taught to me. No, God was pleased to reveal himself to me. Paul, you are a murderer. <laughs> Paul, I mean, we can, we can throw up to Paul all that he was. And you're confident, Paul, in the saying that God is pleased to reveal himself to you? Oh, nobody is. No matter what your past is, what you've done, where you've been, or where you're at today, that God is pleased to reveal Himself to you through His Son Jesus to equip you to do the works that He has purposed for you to do for His kingdom to be established. That He knew you, He created, He formed you, He knows the plans that He has for you. You continue to choose to rebel against him. See, even the book of Revelation, when this earth is being hit with all types of judgment and chaos and craziness going on, there will still be people who will not turn to him. And he continues to reveal himself, even in the midst of chaos. He's still willing to reveal himself to mankind, and yet mankind will still look up and say, You're not God. Not, may that not be said about any of us sitting in this room. Do not take, continue to take steps in your life day by day by day, and may you may not you know physically raising your fist, but inside you keep telling him he's not God. I'm going to live my way. I'm going to do me. I'm going to go my way because you're not God. You don't satisfy me. You don't complete me. What? Are you kidding me? I see you just sitting here today. Understand this. God is pleased to reveal himself to you through his son Jesus. Oh, you're without excuse. You won't be able to stand before him and tell him, well, no one ever said anything. Oh no, he has been trying to get your attention since you were a kid. He's been with you every step of your life. He's revealing himself time and time and time and time again. To you and to me. And what are you doing with that revelation? You're not God. Or... 
Thank you for choosing me. Jesus asked, do you finally believe? But the time is coming. Indeed, it is here now when you will be scattered, each one going his own way, leaving me alone. Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. I have told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart, because I have already overcome the world. And we're going to close with chapter 17. After saying all of these things, Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so he can give glory back to you. For you have given him authority over everyone. He gives eternal life to each one you have given him. And this is the way to have eternal life. Oh, let your ears perk up. To know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, bring me into the glory we have shared, look at this, before the world began. I have revealed you to the ones you gave me from this world. They were already yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything I have is a gift from you, for I have passed on to them the message you gave me. They accepted it and know that I came from you, and they believe you sent me. My prayer is not for the world, but for those you have given me, because they belong to you. All who are mine belong to you, and you have given them to me, so they bring me glory. Now I'm departing from the world. They are staying in this world, but I'm coming to you. Holy Father, you have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. During my time here, I protected them by the power of the name you gave me. I guarded them so that not one was lost except the one headed for destruction as the scriptures foretold. Now I'm coming to you. I told them many things while I was with them in this world, so they will be filled with my joy. I have given them your word, and the world hates them, look at this, because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I am not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the other <laughs> They do not belong to this world any more than I do. I love this next line that Jesus prayed for us. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I'm sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. I'm praying not only for these disciples but also for all who would ever believe in me through their message. Verse 20. I love that verse. Oh, that's you that he's talking about. All who would believe. I'm praying not only for these disciples here and now with me, 
but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me, so they may be one as we are one. I am in them, and, and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me, and that you love them as much as you love me. Father, I want these whom you have given me to be with me where I am. Wow. Then they can see all the glory you gave me, because you loved me even before the world began. O righteous Father, the world doesn't know you, but I do. And these disciples know you sent me. I revealed you to them, and I will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them, and I will be in them. Wow. Jesus' prayer, you all. I mean, just reading that scripture brings such hope brings such hope. Listen, this isn't some weird, goofy message. This isn't some because some man wrote it out. No, God himself inspired the Bible. God's love story to us. And I want to point out one more scripture in Matthew chapter 18, verse 35 and 36. Jesus is standing and he's at, he's at this trial before his crucifixion. <clears throat> Am I a Jew? Pilate retorted. Your own people and their leading priests brought you to me for the trial. Why? What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. And the Pilate said, So you're a king? And Jesus responded, You say I'm a king. Actually, I was born and came into the world to testify to truth. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. Jesus, you are. Our great king. This is whom we believe. Whom we have given our lives to. Because he gave his life for us. It can't just be religion. It can't just because you, sh you show up, oh, I'm at, I'm at church. That doesn't mean anything. There's a lot of people sitting in churches today that are on their way to hell. Your church attendance doesn't make you a Christian. You having a Bible doesn't make you a Christian. You praying doesn't make you a Christian. It's your belief. In Christ, that you believe that God sent him, that you receive this free gift of salvation, that you are now born again, and you're beginning to walk in the new nature. You know your old nature. You know when you're walking in it. Stop walking in it. Start learning. Start hearing truth. Because it's truth that will set you free. It's truth, you all. It's freedom in Christ. 
the message that we have to go to declare to others. You no longer have to be a slave to sin, to that rebellious nature that just wants to kill you and to destroy everyone else in your path. No, there is peace because there is one who came from God to reconcile us back well, it should be well with your soul. All because of Jesus. So I'm going to close in time of worship. And I just want to encourage all of us. Listen, you all. This is your walk with Christ. Take time. And during this time of worship, allow the Holy Spirit to bring conviction. You know where you've been. You know the rebellion that, you, that you've been amok with, running amok with. Now it's time to throw it off. It's time to say, no, wait a minute. Why am I going this way? Why am I believing these lies? Why am I reacting this way? And if you're not moving in rebellion, and, and you're walking in the fullness of what God has for you, well then, in that time, just in this time of worship, then just begin to, just to thank Him, and begin to continue to ask Him to protect you, to keep you, to continue to fan the flame within you, that you would remain in obedience to do His will. Wherever you find yourself, you know where you're at, because He's been revealing it to you. I would just encourage you, y'all, don't miss out. I'm telling you, that walk that I had on that beach, do you trust me, Rob? I trust you. I trust you. Though I don't see how things are going to change, God, I'll trust you. Can you say that today, you all? And if you can't, then take some time now. Don't rush out of here. Don't get up just to get up to go. And go back during this week and look at these chapters. Sit and read Jesus' words. These are his words to his close disciples right before he was crucified. Give him a fullness of understanding really who he is.
Oh, 